Uh, I'm sorry that last night didn't work out, but Baruch Hashem, I'm happy that we have the opportunity to do a Tashlumen tonight. And I'm equally happy, or I should say I'm even happier, because I had a shear prepared for last night. I got stuck in Washington, D.C. Rabbi Axarad and I were both there for the day yesterday, and our flights were delayed because of uh, storms here. So we didn't get back to later than we expected. But in the interim, an absolutely beautiful Shiloh came in today from a Rav, who was involved in a Gerus this afternoon, and the Shiloh came up as follows. So it really ties into what I had already prepared, um, peripherally ties in, but I think it's, a, it's such a beautiful Shiloh. So the question that was asked today was um, that there was a woman who was married to her husband, a non-Jewish woman. Both of them were non-Jews, and they were married for over 20 years. And now they both have decided over the last, uh, I don't know how long the period of time was, but they are interested in becoming Gerit Tzedek, and they have gone to classes, and they have gone through the whole system, and they're ready for the conversion. So the Beisden that was sponsoring them to do the Gerus had set a date of when they were planning to do the conversion. It turns out that date was this afternoon. Now, what happens when you have a man and a woman who are both being Megayer together because they're husband and wife? What needs to happen next right after the Tefillah? They need to get married. Why? Because they were married for 20 years, but obviously that's not a halachic marriage. Now that both of them are Jewish, they need to get married. So the plan was she was supposed to go to the mikvah this afternoon, and this evening they were supposed to get married and have a big celebration, and that was going to be also a celebration of the fact that they were both Megayer and just became Jewish. So that was the plan. Problem was the woman is now in a state of nidus. The woman is now a nida. And the question was, is a woman able to go to the mikvah for Gerus when she is actually Tmeya because of Nida? Normally, a woman who's a Nida can't go to the mikvah until she's Tahora, until she stops uh, having a flow, or until she waits to Shiv and whatever it may be. She's not able to go at that time. Does that stand in the way of a woman becoming a Gioras at that time? And moving forward, let's say we allow her to go to the mikvah. The question was, what are we going to do tonight when they get married? The halacha generally is that when you have a chupas nida, which happens every so often, where you have a young woman who gets married, or an elderly woman who gets married, but if she has a, uh, a period of nida at the time of the wedding, so we know there's a problem of yichud. A husband and wife are not allowed to be together for the first time when there is a issue of nida. So what do you do in a case like this? They just are doing the geiris today, or maybe they shouldn't, and then they plan to get married tonight, and now the question is, what do they do about Yehud? Do you tell them they have to separate from each other until she's able to go to the mikvah for the tahara? So that is a very beautiful, fascinating question. So on question number one, the, uh, the Rambam writes very explicitly what his opinion is. Is a person able to go to the mikvah for Giyur when they also have to be Tameh for a different reason? They're Tameh because of a Tumah Hayotza Alamegufa. Let's hold questions because I just want to get through the issue. The Rambam writes in Hilchus Tumas Mishka Vumosha Perak Beis, the Ramam goes into this whole thing. The same is the halacha by a non-Jewish woman who has a who has a flow and who is bimei dasa. Says the Ramam very explicitly that it would not be a problem, and the Ramam is very very clear that this is something that we would allow, even though we would say that she still remains tmeya because of whatever omission she had from her body. But that doesn't stop her from doing the tvila for the gerus. Now, there's a practical problem with that because generally you don't want a, I'm sorry to get a little graphic here, but you don't want somebody who's having a menstrual flow 
to go into a body of water, right? That's obviously going to be something that's going to make the water dirty. So we don't want a woman. Now, it never happens because... Why does it never happen? Because a woman only goes to the mikveh after she's tahora, right? She only, she only goes to the mikveh after Shivan Akim. So therefore, it's generally not a problem. So what are you going to tell her in this case? You're going to tell her to put on a pad, or you're going to tell her to put in a tampon. The problem is that's a chatzitza. So for practical purposes, I would say that while the woman is still be'es nidasa, it wouldn't really make sense practically to go to the mikveh. But let's say the Shiloh was today, she's no longer having a flow, but she's not out of Shivan Akim yet. So would that be a problem? Is that, is that, is that an issue? Is that a problem? Is that an issue? What? So you're saying she's not a Jew. But, but the problem now becomes, so the Rambam writes very clearly, not a problem, even though she's not going to be Tahora for the Nida status, but we can still say that there would be no issue at all for her to go to the Mikvah on behalf of her gear. Now, the second question that we have to deal with is, okay, Mazel Tov, they become Geirim, the husband goes into the Mikvah, the wife goes into the Mikvah, I don't think they go together, I think they go separately, so they each go into the Mikvah, they each become uh, Geirim Tzedek, now they're Jewish, and tonight they want to get married. So what do we do about the chubas nida issue? That is the major question. Uh, so let's back up a little bit and deal with what do we do about a chubas nida. Says the Gemara in Mesechas Ksubas Daf Nunvav Amud Aleph. Tells the Gemara as follows. Bai Ravashi. Ravashi had the following question. What was his question? What's the halacha? It's not like today where we have the ability, where we... Uh, where we do so much preparation before wedding and we, we set a date months in advance and you never know what's going to happen then. All kinds of things can happen. Back in the days of Chazal, they set a date, okay, we're going to get married, you know, in uh, a month from now, six months from now, on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Friday. Okay, if it doesn't work out, we'll push it off a day. It's not like people were flying in from other locations and there was a, you know, a deposit on the florist and the this, and they got married in the shul, they made a little meal and that was it. So now the Shaila is much more complicated. In the days of the Gemara, this was like, how can this ever happen? How can this, when does it ever happen that a woman is prepared to get married and then pierce Anita? Okay, so we'll push it off a day or two. What's the big deal? In our generation, it happens all the time, unfortunately, because we set the date so many months in advance. We try to schedule a wedding around a woman who has a regulated cycle to make sure that it's not going to be a problem. But sometimes it does happen. My father uh, often tells the story how he was once asked to be a aid kiddushin at a chasana. And I'll, I'll get to the story actually in a minute. Let's first get through the basics. So it says the Gemara Mesechus Ksubas, Nun Vav Aleph, What is the halacha if a woman sets a date for a wedding, they all show up, and suddenly she was Pirsa Nida. So what do you do? says the Gemara, Im Timsilamar Chibas Chupa Kona, Chupa Dechazi Lebiya. Have a Chupa Dechazi Lebiya Lo. Maybe the Gemara says the only time that a Chupa the Kiddushan actually works is when you have the ability for the couple to then go and be miyached together in a um, in their own private place and to be intimate with one another, if there's such a possibility. But if a woman is a nida, says the Gemara, where there is no possibility like that because it's an iser kares, so maybe you would say that the wedding doesn't go through and the whole thing is not chal, says the Gemara, the bottom line is teku, which means the Gemara has an unresolved conflict. Really? So what do you do? Unresolved conflict. What? Push off a wedding? No, so we don't push off a wedding. You've never heard of a pushed off wedding for these kinds of reasons. How else would they explain it, right? So, so, what's, so the answer is we don't push off a wedding. The question is why. So the Rishonim have a debate to explain what exactly does the Gemara mean here? What's the suffix? The Rambam and the Rif and the Gaonim and other Rishonim write that what the Gemara writes here is 
that we're actually not sure whether the Kiddushin is Chal. Is the Kiddushin valid if you have a situation where the woman would potentially not be able to be intimate with her new husband? If the answer to that is she cannot be, then it's a chuppah she'ena ru'i and as a result of that, they can't get married. Says the Rambam, and if they do get married, the Kiddushin is not chal. It just doesn't work. The same way if you would go and try to marry your sister, right? The Kiddushin is not tofes because that's one of the arayas. So to over here, says the Rambam. A nida is an iser kares, an iser arayas. It's not a chuppah ru'i And therefore, says the Rambam, you would not be able to have such a Kiddushin. And even if one went ahead and did it, it would be invalid. That's what the Rambam says. That is not the accepted... What? Years ago, when, yeah. Right. Why? No, there's Kiddushan and then there's Nisuin. The Nisuin has to be a Chupa Rui Labia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the Chupa has to be a Chupa Rui Labia. However, now we do them both together. So that's why we wouldn't do anything. However, the other Rishonim disagree. The Rush and the Ran and the Ritva and other Rishonim say here, no, the Gemara is not discussing whether you're allowed to get married when a woman is in it. Of course you can get married. All the Gemara is discussing here is in the text of Aksuba, if you've ever noticed, it's a very long text. What do we say in the text? We say that a husband obligates himself to take care of his wife, to respect his wife, to financially be there to give her everything she needs and emotionally and everything else. I know Azon Vaokir Vaafarnis, right? So what does it mean? Azon means I will pay money for her to eat for everything she needs for sustenance. The okir means, and I will respect. I tell this to every chasen and kala. You're signing up in the ksuba that your husband is going to treat you with respect. Kedas Moshe Yisrael, That's what you're signing up to. And the final thing is va'afarnis. He's going to be my farnis here. He's going to take care of everything she needs. She needs to buy new clothing. She needs to take care of the house. Whatever it is, it's all of his obligation. But on top of that, the Gemara says, those are the Torah obligations that a man has to his wife, or what the Chachamim instituted everyone has to do. On top of that, we have this idea of a Tosefes Ksuba, which means, I love my wife so much, I'm going to add on, right? You've heard that in the Ksuba. What does it mean? It means, above and beyond what Chazal obligated me to do, or the Torah obligates me to do, I take upon myself to do even more, because I love this woman so much that I'm prepared to obligate myself to the moon for her. Says the Rush, that's what the Gemara is discussing. When a husband is so in love with his wife and he says, I'm willing to take upon a Tosefes Ksuba, does that apply when a woman is a Nida and the Chuppah is not going to be exactly what he thought it would be? And he's not going to be able to go home tonight and be intimate with his wife, so maybe he's not so excited. Maybe in that case, the Tosefes Ksuba doesn't apply. But the Kiddushan and Nisun, of course it's Chal. Of course it's valid. How can you invalidate the Kiddushan and Nisun? That's not, that's not the case. We don't say that every month, when a woman becomes a nida, that her husband has to divorce her and move out of the house and move, marry her again? Of course not. Kiddushin is tofes by a nida. And therefore, the Rosh says, the whole discussion of the Gemara here is only about Tosefes Ksuba. There's nothing at all to do with whether or not the Kiddushin is chal. Of course the Kiddushin is chal. And therefore, he says, there is nothing to discuss. But what we come down to here is a machlokas between the Rambam and the other Rishonim. And as a result of that, the Shulchan Aruch, who often goes, Be'iklos HaRambam, the Shulchan Aruch often Paskins in the style of thinking of the Rambam, here he does the same. And he says, Lechatchila, one should really not go ahead and do a Chupas Nida. The Ramah disagrees with the Shulchan Aruch there. The Ramah says, Minag Ashkenaz is not to be so careful about this. We're not so worried about it. But he says, if you end up having a Chupas Nida, although we obviously should not push off the wedding, says the Ramah, and we're going to go ahead with it anyway, he says the right thing to do would be to tell the Chasim before and then say, by the way, want you to know what's happening, so that you don't get into the question of the Tosef is Ksuba. The Chassan is going to say, I love her anyway. 
even though I'm disappointed and it's not going to be the way I imagined, but I love her anyway, of course I'm going to give the Tosefsk Suba. It's like we're not pulling a fast one on him. And therefore says the Ramah, although we would not, in Minag Ashkenaz, we don't push off a wedding for this, and we're not worried the Chathila that we shouldn't do it, says the Ramah, we definitely should inform the Chassan beforehand. So that is the Halacha. There are those who suggested, there are those who suggested, and this is if you look in the Tshuvas of the Kloizimagareb, it's called the Divra Yatsev. He writes in his Tshuva that because the Ramah is of the opinion that the Kiddushin is not even Chal, therefore says the Divra Yatsev, I would suggest that you should do a Kiddushin and Nisuin a second time later to make sure that you are married even according to the Rambam. Imagine five years into the marriage, someone says to you, you know, uh, when did you get married? Well, you know, according to the Rambam, you're actually not married. And all those children that you have are actually not from your marriage because the Rambam says he never got married in the first place. That would be very uncomfortable. And therefore, says the Divya Yatsev, maybe the idea should be that at some point later on, they should do a, a Kiddushim and Yisuin Alpi the other Achronim disagree with him and they feel that is a terrible idea. You're going to start doing a second marriage, people are going to say, what happened to the first one? You're telling me they were married for the last few weeks and it really didn't work and we made Sheva Brachas for them and all those presents we gave, well, what was going on? So the other poskim say that this is a very bad idea, the Maharsham and others say, no, leave it like it is. We Paskin, like the other Rishonim, which say that even a Chupas Nida, there is no question about the fact that there's a, there's a valid Kiddushim and Isu in there, and you have nothing to be concerned about at all. Yeah. What? Oh, so now the question is, what happens? So you have a chupas nida. What are some of the issues that we need to think about when you have a chupas nida? The most obvious of the issues is that a husband and wife are not allowed to touch each other when the woman is a nida. So if that's the case, how is he supposed to put the ring on her finger and say, that is the whole marriage. How can he be mekadesh as ishto when he's not able to touch her? So what we do today is, we have the woman will stick out her hand and instead of him putting it on her finger, he'll drop it into her palm and then she'll put it on her finger. Nobody at the wedding sees this. Just the two Adim see it. It's not a big deal. So that's the story that my father likes to tell. He said that he was once asked to be an aid Kedushin at a wedding. Rav Salavechik was the Masada Kedushin. Let's just say maybe he wasn't so smooth with people all the time. Fair, Rabbi Shriver? Fair to say that? So so, uh, so the Rav was Masada Kedushin and it happened to be a Chupas Nita. So they called up the Rav to be Masada Kedushin and my father and another Talmud Chacham to be the Edi Kedushin. And my father said that the Rav turned to them and he said, by the way, it's a Chupas Nida. So uh, the Rav, not realizing that the microphone was on in front of him, said, will the Chassan please drop the ring in the palm of the Kala? So my father said he felt so bad for the girl, she was so embarrassed, whatever. so he said he turned his face away. You know, he, he didn't want to look at her. Like he, he just felt bad for her. So he said that the Rav took the mic and said, and with the Eide Kiddushin, please make sure to watch and pay attention. So um, anyway, that's his story. So that's, that's the first hurdle that you have to get over. And that is, what do we do about the fact that he has to be Mikadish as Ishto by putting a ring on her finger? So the answer to that is, we put a ring in her palm and then she puts it on her finger, not a big deal at all. Um, there is a second question that is discussed and that is, uh, there are many who have the practice that after a chuppah, the Torah says when getting married, ki yikach ish isha. So the simple understanding of the Pasuk is Kicha means when he'll marry her, meaning when he will do a transaction with her that will then make him marry to her. That's Kiikach. However, there are some Rishonim who say that Kiikach Ish Isha means not only in the simple context that it means that they should get married, but after the chuppah, he should actually take his wife by the hand and bring her into his home. He should take his wife by the hand and they should walk together into the Cheder Yichud where they're going to have private time together. So that is the idea of Kiikach Ish Isha. My father told us when we got married that 
the right thing to do is he he feels that this is the right thing. Isha is that you should actually hold hands after the chuppah, not in a inappropriate way, and you shouldn't be dancing all over the place together. But you should be in a uh, in a respectful way. You should show your wife how much you're. Um, appreciating her and how much you you would love to be together with her, and you should take her to the place where you both belong. So that is what kiikach isha. The problem then becomes: how do you deal with the fact that um, that a chupas nida that's not going to happen? So I would say there are half of the weddings the chasan and kala do hold hands, half of the weddings the chasan and kala don't hold hands. I don't think anyone makes any conclusions by watching. I don't think most of the people are paying attention to that, and it's very easy to get around that issue. I don't think it's anything to be embarrassed of. Most of the people in the room, or everybody in the room, will not notice at all. However, Shlomo Zalman Arabach does raise the issue in the Sefer Shulchan Shlomo, and he says, if you live in a community where everybody does this, and it's going to be a major embarrassment for the Chassan and Kala walking down from the chuppah, and everyone's going to notice that they're not holding hands, he does give a very interesting suggestion where he says that in such a situation, he would suggest that the Kala or the Chassan should wear a glove or put a napkin in between them. And he said, now I say that's even more noticeable. I grew up in Washington Heights and in Breuer's, um, it was, I remember every Shabbos as a kid, all the yekas who were there from Germany who were, you know, in, in their 60s at the time, after davening every Shabbos, they all used to go and shake hands. Men and women shook hands with each other, correct? Yeah. But the women, what? I don't know, I never lived in Washington. But the, but the women all wore gloves, Shabbos. Yeah. The women all wore gloves. And it was like a very regal look that they had. They all used to wear gloves, but the reason they wore gloves is not just because they wanted to look fancy. They didn't wear the gloves in shul. They wore them after davening because they all went over out of respect to each other and they shook each other's hands. So, Ramosh, so I'm sorry, Shlomo Zalman Arbach writes, if you live in a community where this is going to be a major embarrassment, it's going to be something to be very uncomfortable about. So then Reb Shlomo Zalman says, then put on a glove. Now, I would say that's even more embarrassing and it's even more noticeable, but okay. You know, I don't know. That's what he says. I don't think this is a big deal, but the major deal is what do you do about a yichud room? What do you do about a yichud room? Because our minhag of minhag ashkenaz, the svarim do not do a cheder yichud, but minhag ashkenaz is that when we have the conclusion of the chuppah, we then go to the cheder yichud, and that really solidifies the nisuin. And that is why my father, whenever he's Masada Kedushin, is always very makbid to tell the chasan and kala that you made the birchas erisin nisuin under the chuppah, right? You said all the brachas there, and the nisuin, the bracha on the nisuin is either because we hold that the chuppah itself is the nisuin, or because the yichud room that you're about to go to is going to be the nisuin. That is what solidifies the marriage, which means you should make as little a hefsek as possible between the time of the making of the bracha and the going to the cheder yichud. Now, sometimes you have a chasen and kala that are so excited and jumpy and dancing and getting very into it that it will take a very long time for them to get from the chuppah to the yichud room. And that really, my father likes to point out, is not what should be encouraged. Again, everyone should have a good time and they should be misamech lechasamekala, but the point is they should try to get to the yichud room as soon as possible because that really is the conclusion of the marriage ceremony and it goes back on the bracha that was made originally. So, we in Kehilos Ashkenaz, we have the minhag, like the Ramah, to do a yichud room. The Svartim, as we said, do not do it. The problem with doing a yichud room is if a woman is a nida, you cannot be miyachet. So says the Gemara in Meseches Ksubas Davdalet Manalef in the very beginning, what is the halacha when a woman becomes a nida and she's just getting married? He has to sleep separately and she has to sleep separately. What does that mean? We don't tell a couple every time, every month that they have to sleep separately. They're allowed to live in the same house. So what's the difference between a chasen and kala when we say, 
If she's a nida at the time of the Kiddushan with Nisuin, they have to sleep separately, go to different houses, and they're not allowed to be miyachet with each other. And when we talk about a regular husband and wife, every month it's not a problem. What's the difference? So the answer is very simple. What's the difference? Difference is, a husband knows he's been married for five years already, ten years already. He knows the drill. He knows how it goes. Every month is what happens. He can control himself. We hope he's able to control himself. The shayla is, when you have a husband who's just getting married, and he's very excited to be with his wife, so the problem that is, can we really trust that if he's going to be miyachid with his wife, and nobody else is going to be around, is he really going to behave? Is he really going to make sure to follow the halacha? And that's why we assume you should not be miyachid. Dr. Pelkowitz once told me nothing to do with this, but he told me in general, all of these scandals that you hear about people who are, you know, CEOs of companies, you know, great, great personalities in communities, you know, some leaders of communities who get involved in, unfortunately, in Yane Arayos, Dr. Pelkowitz once told me that Chazal were so smart. If only people would have been makbed on Yichud, nothing would have happened. He says this all the time. The only reason why people slip is because they're not careful about Yichud and you find yourself alone with a secretary and you find yourself alone at a conference and you're alone here and you're alone there. And when you find yourself alone with people, that's when you can do things that you shouldn't do. But if that wasn't the reality and people were actually very careful about Yichud, so, so he, uh, he has often commented that that would be something that would really circumvent many, many, many of the scandals in our, unfortunately, in our community. So says the Gemara here, we understand people and we know that a chassan who just gets married is going to be a great challenge for him and therefore the Gemara says they are not allowed to be miyached. So what do we do when they get married and it's a chupas nida and everyone dances them into the ichud room? What do we do? What? Either you keep the door open or you stick somebody in there beforehand who hides in the bathroom and, and nobody knows that they're there. You know, we, we, we work it out before to make sure they're not going to be miyached. It's a little uncomfortable that the night after the chasana, chasana and kala have to go sleep in two different places. I actually had a situation during COVID where a couple got married unexpectedly. It was at the very beginning of COVID and uh, you know, the assumption was that things are going to get worse and we don't know if they're actually going to be able to get married. So they had a very, very small, quick wedding that was made out of nowhere. But because of that, the kala wasn't able to prepare herself. She couldn't go to the mikvah. This happened uh, out of nowhere. I mean, they were not engaged, I don't know, where they were engaged and they had a wedding planned months into COVID, but the idea was that they shouldn't then uh, have to not get married at all. So we made the wedding very quickly and uh, and because it was on such short notice, the chassan and kala were not able to be prepared for Hilchas Nida. But what were they going to do during COVID? Like, you know, where, where are you supposed to go? So the chassan and kala actually came to my house and slept in two different rooms in my house. Like, I, I didn't want them to be embarrassed from the family. I didn't want everybody to know, you know, who in their family is going gonna, is gonna to think this is normal, that a chassan and kala, after they come home from a wedding, are sleeping in two different rooms. It's a strange thing to do. But we have to do it. So they came to my house. My kids are young enough. They didn't make anything of it. Nobody thought anything. And it was, it was perfect. So the Gemara tells us that a chassan who just gets married because he's very excited to be with his wife for the first time. Therefore, he's not allowed to be miyachid. So the shaila is here. Here you have a chassan and kala getting married tonight. And they're getting married, and it's a chupas nida. So we paskin like the Ramah, that a chupas nida, the kiddushim and is chal. So we're going to go ahead with the marriage. The problem is, what do we do about yichud? What do we do about yichud? Is there an isr yichud in this case, where he's been married to his wife for 20 years? That was the shayla. I think it's a gewaldika shayla. It's an amazing shayla. It's a beautiful shayla. And that was the question I was called with today. When they do this wedding tonight, are the chasen and kala, who are in their 60s, are they, or, or whatever, in their 50s, are they able to be miyachid with each other afterward or not? So, it so happens that there's a discussion in the poskim, the Taz and others, or Kiveger, I think, th- there's a whole discussion in a number of poskim, the, the Teferis Lamoshe 
Um, is quoted by other poskim who, who talk about this as well. Tiferes the Moshe is a very old sefer. I once had a Shaila in Hilchas Gerus, and the Pischei Tshuva quotes it Tiferes the Moshe, but I wanted to see the original. So I went to the, I was when I was learning in Eretz Yisrael, so I went to the Hebrew University Library, and they pulled up the sefer from the archives from who knows where, and the Tiferes the Moshe is a very, very important sefer la'alacha. Nobody ever learns the original, because the poskim quote the most important lines from the whole sefer are quoted all over the poskim. So here, uh, the poskim discuss what happens if a man is a machzir gushaso. Right? A man was married to his wife, and then they got divorced, didn't work out, and then they each went for therapy, and then they decide, you know what? We're going to get back together. It was better when we were together than when we're separated, and now they get back together and they want to get remarried. So it, what's the halacha there if she's a nida at the time of their second marriage? Would there be an iser yichud for a man who was already married to this woman before, but now he's just remarrying his same old wife? Would there be an Isser Yichud, which is comparable to our case? It's exactly the same as our case. So that was the Shaila. That was the Shaila today. So I couldn't get a hold of my father. He was somewhere. And I called her Rosh Weiss this afternoon. And he said, what do you, what do you think is an Isser Yichud? Why would there be an Isser Yichud? The whole Tom of the Gemara doesn't apply. I thought it was a beautiful Shaila. I knew the answer was going to be there's no Isser Yichud, but I, I just thought it was fascinating. I said, I'm not going to answer the Shaila on my own. I think we need to ask another Gadol, but... It's a. Uh, it's actually an amazing shaila, and he said Laravcha de Milsa. If you're concerned about the other poskim who say maybe by machzer gushaso, he didn't bring this up, but I assume that's what he meant. If you're concerned that there are those who say by machzer gushaso that there's an isra of yichud because he's he's excited again, he was divorced and separate, which I still think there's room to be mechalik. Here, this couple were together this morning, last night, twenty years beforehand, and they're going to be together next week again. It's not even the same. Machzer Grushasa means they got divorced. They were divorced for five months or five years, and now they're getting back together. Maybe there's an excitement there. Here, there's not even an excitement. Yeah, they know each other. They know each other very well. So in this case, he said, if you're concerned about maybe there's an Isser of Yichud, so he said, Me'ikara din we hold, that the din of Yichud doesn't apply when there's a Pesach Pasuach, when the door is open. Now, does that mean the door has to be wide open? No. So he said, Me'ikar Adin, again, we usually are not Mekel on this, but Me'ikar Adin, if the door is unlocked, it's not considered Yichud, because theoretically somebody can come in. So he said, tell them when they go into the Yichud room not to lock the door. Fine, so they don't lock the door. This way you have, even if you want to be Choshish for Yichud, you don't have to worry because the door is unlocked, and theoretically somebody could come in. Now, which Meshuggan at a wedding is going to walk into the Yichud room right after the Chuppah? No one. But from the fact that they know that somebody can walk in, and the door is not locked and they're not protected, then they know that they should not do anything that's not appropriate to do at the time of Nidus. What? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so anyway, that's, that was the very fascinating Shaila. And again, I was happy that yesterday I got stuck in the airport and was not able to give the shear because I think this is a really fascinating question to discuss. What I did prepare, we'll have to talk about some other time. Yeah.